On behalf of Macy's, we want to thank you all for joining us today for our Black History Month celebration. We are thrilled today to have with us NFL legend and Hall of Famer, Jerry Rice. Along with our host of today's event, Commissioner of the San Francisco Board of Education, Stefan Cook. Please help me welcome to the stage, Stefan Cook and Jerry Rice. I told Mr. Rice to hold on for a second. <laughs> so my name is Stevon Cook. I am proud to be your commissioner on San Francisco Board of Education. You can give it up for that. And this black history, black history is really a celebration of legacy. Our legacy in this country, um, our legacy of excellence. And if you're like me and you got to grow up watching one of the greatest wide receivers, the greatest wide receiver, excuse me, of all, of all time. Then you got to see legacy being built right before your eyes. My first time seeing Jerry Rice live, my grandfather took me and my cousin David to Niner Stadium, the real Niner Stadium back at Candlestick. That's my cousin, by the way, David Cook. That's how I got the job. <laughs> and uh, David is a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> that is my cousin, by the way. <laughs> and and we bonded over a shared love of watching number 80 come up the middle, catch that pass, and we both fell in love with Jerry Rice that day. Please help me in welcoming Jerry Rice. guys how's everybody doing thank you guys for coming out it's a lot of fun for me yeah it's great to have you here i see you got the ring on yeah this ring is uh super bowl 24 against the broncos 55 to 10 you got three can i have one is that possible no no <laughs> no they're not to give away okay but this one here, you know, I'm very fortunate because I have the opportunity. I can go back and forth, you know, Super Bowl uh, 23, 24, and 29. And uh, I remember this Super Bowl because it was in New Orleans. It was uh, against the Broncos. They had two of the biggest safeties ever in the game with Atwater and also Smith. And these guys, they really wanted to hit you hard. They wanted to destroy you on the football field. But Bill Walsh noticed something on the film that these guys didn't wrap up after they made contact. And I remember the first drive, I was not the primary guy. I think I was the third guy, because Joe looked right, 
then he uh, looked left, then he came back to the middle. And when he came back to the middle, that's my signal to uncover, to do whatever I have to do to get open. And I remember I caught the ball and Smith came down and I, you know, I saw this guy bearing down on me and I said, okay, all right, here we go. It's on and popping right now, okay? Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, Bill Wall said, okay, they like to deliver the blow, but they don't wrap up. And I remember uh, this guy hitting me with everything that he had. And I was able to bounce off that and get into the end zone. And that was the, the first score of that, uh, you know, Super Bowl. Yeah. That beat down? Wow. Okay. All right. There you go. All right. I just wanted to share that. Now, let's go. We going. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, your first game. My first game? The, your first game as a Niner. As a, as a Niner. So, you walk into the locker room. Take us okay. to that moment. What was it like for you to start playing professional football. Well, I had Your initial some, presence in San Francisco also. I had some adversity when I first came in because of the playbook, the terminology for the San Francisco 49ers. And we had so many plays that we had to learn. It was the West Coast offense. So I remember uh, when I first came in during preseason, I had drops. I was dropping the football. And that was something that I was not accustomed to. I was always used to catching the football. And, you know, look at the size of my hands, okay? I shouldn't be dropping footballs, all right? <laughs> and uh, it was uh, trying to learn that terminology of that book and being able to comprehend all of that. Because when we came to the line, you had to be just like a quarterback. You had to read defenses, and we had adjustments that we had to make at the line of scrimmage. So it took me a while uh, to fight through that adversity. But once I became a starter, it was a Monday night game against the Rams. And I think I had over 10 receptions, over 200 something yards, and I had three touchdowns in that game. And I knew I was ready uh, to, uh, you know, just get better. And, and I just continued to work. We're going to jump around a little bit. Now I wanted you to tell the story of your last game. The emotions that you had. Oh, my last game, I think it was against Chicago, where I think Terrell Owens caught 20 balls or more. It, maybe it was Detroit. No, I think it was too, uh, I really don't want to remember that, okay, <laughs> to be honest with you. But <laughs> it was no way the Chicago Bears, they, they were going to let me go out. Uh, you know, with so many catches. And, you know, my legacy will always be here with the San Francisco 49ers, you know. But I remember that ball game, and, uh, you know, Terrell had an incredible day, and I congratulated him on that. Then after that, I still wanted to play football. I still had it in me uh, to play football. So I, I go over to the Oakland Raiders, and I think that year that I went to the Raiders, I went straight back to the Pro Bowl. So I love the game of football so much, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it was never a job to me. I enjoy going there every day. I enjoy entertaining you guys, you know, Sunday night, Monday night, playoffs, Super Bowls, and all that. So, you know, if I caught a five-yard slant, and if you weren't at that stadium, you, you were probably next to the television running alongside me, you know, trying to score. <laughs> So, you know, that was my appreciation. But, yeah, you know, I, I remember that like it was uh, just like it was yesterday. Mm. Now, we all know and love you. We've seen your, your career. Let's talk a little bit about your upbringing. 
So you grew up in Mississippi, very different place than San Francisco. Um, talk about your home life and what your hometown was like. Well, my father was really tough. My father was one of those guys, you knew that he loved you, but he would never say, I love you. Uh, and I would go to you know work with my father, and he was a bricklayer, and he would take me to work with him during the summer. And uh, you know, my mom, she was like the sweetest ever. You know, it's like uh, she would just invite you into her home, and she would cook a meal for you and do all that. That's just something that we did down south. And uh, I remember going to work with my father, and it was very demanding work, guys. It was tough. Uh, we would get up. Around six, we were out the door by seven, uh, and we uh, we worked the entire day. It was over about around five. Then on the way back, my father would drop me off at, at the school because I had a two-hour practice of football. So after working with my father all day long, I had two hours of football practice. Then after football practice, I would jog uh, about five miles home. So this was like every day during the off season and it just taught me about hard work and dedication and being able to appreciate everything. And you know, I think with my, my parents, what they instilled in, in me is that never any shortcuts or anything, work for everything and uh, you know, be very appreciative uh, once you start to uh, achieve those goals. I always stayed hungry. I never got to a point where I felt like I had arrived. You know, a lot of athletes, what happens is they get to a point where they feel like, you know what, I don't have to work as hard anymore. It was never that way for me. I always wanted to work harder. If I had a game where I had over 10 receptions, over three touchdowns, 200 yards, I wanted to come back the next game and I wanted to have a better game. So I always challenged myself and I never got complacent or anything like that. But I think I just, uh, you know, I got that from my parents and, and I think it paid off for me in, in the long run here in San Francisco. Oh, oh she, wants to, she wants to hear about the bricks. Okay, all right, so the scaffold was about maybe 20 feet up in the air. My brothers, uh, they would toss the bricks up. They would separate and I would snatch them out of the air. So. The myth of it is that I learned how to catch footballs from catching bricks. <laughs> and being able to just, just you know, snatch the bricks out of the air and all that. But I think it was all the hard work and the practice that went into it. I mean, guys, if you came to a, a practice for the San Francisco 49ers, it was almost like it was a game situation. I mean, the speed, everything. Everything had to be executed a certain way. And I think that's why we were so successful back in the day. And we were the team of the 80s. Right. And, and, and point blank. Yeah, yeah, 85 uh, was. But, 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 but also, oh, oh, I got to give this guy one. <laughs> Dwight Clark started everything right. with the catch. He started everything. It's your show, Mr. Rice. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so 85 was a great year. Um, that's the year you came to the Niners. That's, that's the year I was born. <laughs> so what, what, are you, what are you trying to say here? 
I'm saying it was a great year for the city of San trying? Francisco. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay, <laughs> and, uh, all right. I was, I was, I was born and raised hey. here, and I'm gonna talk about, I'm talking about a little about my childhood, watching you because you know there's a lot of kids here, there's a lot of families that really was were, were proud to lift you up as somebody to look up to, and I think it's because of the excellence that you achieved on the field. It was because sort of the off-field antics. You know, we could always say, look at Jerry Rice. He's he's not a showboat. He's committed to the excellence. And when you look at today's players, with the you know introduction to social media, yeah. a lot of that. Like, what what do you think the game has gone in terms of that? Do you think that are players that are still like you? Do you think he needs to? Um, it's going in the wrong. Well, direction? I'm, I'm, first of all, uh, and I know you don't think I'm going to do this, but uh, I'm not going to bash those players. I played, I played in an era, guys, where I, I, I loved the game of football. Now, I, I have been asked over and over again, what would it be like to play in this era? Football is totally different now. Back when we played, to be honest with you, it was like more, and, and this is not to degrade uh, the players today, it was more of a gladiator sport. We actually, we hit. We expected to get hit. If I was on this side and the ball was being thrown that way, I was getting hit on the back side. And there was no flags or anything like that. So it's a new generation of, of guys now. I still love the game of football. I still support the San Francisco 49ers. God, I cheered my butt off. I, I lost my voice at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was into it. I was going for it. And, and I wanted those guys to, to really bring that trophy back home. And we came up a little short, but, you know, we'll be back, guys. We'll be back. We'll fight through what happened uh, this year and uh, get right back on it. You know, I feel like we got a, a legitimate defense. We got a great quarterback. We got a great running game. And, uh, you know, they're just going to have to come back next year and, uh, and cash in. Right on. So um, let's talk about a little bit your transition after football. So what was that first year like? What are some of the business ventures that you're doing today? Well, you know, I, I have so many great opportunities, but I, I think when I was playing the game and I didn't want to get distracted. So with all the commercials and all this stuff that was going on, I was like, no, my main focus I wanted to be the best football player that I could be on that given day. I didn't want to let you guys down or anything like that. If you came to a ball game, I wanted you guys to see something that was just going to be just exceptional. Where you walk away from that football game, you say, wow, did you see what happened today? Did you see him make that catch? That was important to me. Now I have... Uh, the opportunity with so many great companies. And, and also, it's like when I did Dancing with the Stars too, guys. <laughs> it opened up a whole different demographic of people that didn't actually know about me. And I was not the best dancer, but I was going to work at it the same way that I worked at football. And I got to the finals, and I got beat by Drew Lachey. He's something I'll never forget. I don't, like, I don't like coming in second. I always like to win, but that was a great experience. And, but it opened the, uh, the door for so many other great opportunities. 
And, you know, it's like even with my, uh, my charity work that I do, uh, the 8 to 80 zone, Steve Young and I with the 49er Academy, uh, the 127 Foundation, which is my foundation, when I broke Jim Brown's record on Monday Night Football, it was at Candlestick Park against the Oakland Raiders. I consider Jim Brown to be the greatest football player to ever play the game. And I named my foundation the 127 Foundation. We support like the March of Dimes, the Big Brothers and Big Sisters. I'm also uh, on the board of the 49er uh, Foundation. So just staying active and just giving back, that's, that's important to me. And goat, the energy drink? Oh, go feel. Okay, the greatest of all time. And this is how I break that down. I was in Atlanta, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, I was in Atlanta, the Super Bowl was in Atlanta, it was the Patriots and it was uh, the Falcons. Doing media row, I was asked over and over again, who's the greatest of all time? Of course, I'm never gonna say I'm the greatest of all time. So I'm like, okay, look, I need to come up with something here. So I said, mm. I was thinking about it because media row, you probably have to do like 29 or 30 interviews and everybody gonna ask you the same thing. So I said, you know what? Uh, the greatest of all time is not just for athletes. It's for people in other professions too. Doctors, lawyers, teachers, uh, firemen. So. Then my daughter asked me, she said, Dad, if you had an energy drink, what would you name it? I, I said, Go Fuel, the greatest of all time. We have uh, blueberry, lemonade, tropical berry, we have peach candy, and we have peach pineapple. Zero sugar, 15 calories, 200 milligrams of caffeine. The thing that's gonna separate us from these other energy drinks, like Red Bull, Monster, all of these drinks that got all that sugar in it, we added cordyceps mushrooms. We noticed that the ghosts in the Himalayas, they had all this energy. And in the Himalayas, the air is really thin. So why are these goats, you know, why, why do they have so much energy? They were eating these little mushrooms coming out of the ground, cordyceps mushrooms. So that's, you know, really how this all started is a healthier drink. And, and I think that's the reason why I played for over 20 years because I watched everything that I put in my body. The lifespan of a football player is probably about four years. And I can still run. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> I'm doing this run for St. Jude coming up next week. And we're gonna raise a lot of money. To be 57, Still active, being able, you know, to run. If you want to race me, we can we can race anytime. I'm, re I'm ready. I'm I feel ready. like you're staring at me right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you was like a four but, four seven, right? Ain't that slow for the? Um... I had football speed though. Okay. <laughs> football speed is totally different from track speed. If someone is chasing me. I can run a 4-2. I can run a 4-flat if someone is trying to hurt me, right? So, you know, I had football speed, and, and, and I think once I got out in front of the opponent, it was no way they were going to catch me. 
It, it was done. It was a done deal. I, I hear you over there. It was over. You're right. It was over. <laughs> but that's how GOAT got started. Yeah. But it's, it's people in other professions, too. Right on. So I'm, I'm going to, uh, I have some prepared questions. I'm just going to have you finish the sentence, and then we're going to wrap it up and uh, open it up to the audience. All right? Okay. Uh -oh. So, <laughs> all right. So finish this sentence. My comfort food is? My comfort food is... Uh, Pasta. My ideal Friday night is? <laughs> My ideal Friday night is uh, Migos Pure Water, dancing. Okay. <laughs> I like to dance. <laughs> uh, black history is? Black history, I think, is about giving it's an opportunity. Black history is, to me, it's about the appreciation of people that really impacted this world. Yeah. San Francisco is? San Francisco is the greatest city ever. <laughs> All right. What was the last book you read? Uh, the NFL at 100. Where is your favorite place to go? My favorite place to go here in San Francisco? In the world. My favorite place to go. It's just, I think I was destined for San Francisco, for Mississippi. Prince or Michael? <laughs> Have you met both of them? If you're talking, if, you, if you're talking Prince or Michael, then you're probably gonna go Joe or Steve. <laughs> that is the next question. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to do it both? Yeah, Prince or Michael? <laughs> both. I like them both. I mean, I mean, Prince. What he was able to. Uh, how he was able to bring so much energy and also Michael Jackson. And uh, I remember dancing, uh, you know, to those guys. Okay. Now, Joe or Steve? I'm not going to answer that one. <laughs> Joe, Steve, two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. So the chemistry that I had with Joe and Joe and I, we put up, you know, outstanding numbers. Uh, then after Steve took over, now I had to adjust to Steve to make him better. And I was able to do that. And uh, Steve and I, we went on. I think we had the most touchdowns. Uh, I think Peyton Manning and also Marvin Harrison, they broke our, our record. But I think Steve and I had over 80 uh, touchdowns. So I was always able to adapt. Whoever they put behind center, and and you would think... Okay, this guy, okay, all right, Jerry Rice, he doesn't have to change anything. But I wanted to make those individuals better. So if I had to you know, work with Steve a little bit more after practice, I would do that. Now you get on the same page. Now it's like once you see those incredible plays on that given Sunday, this is something we have practiced over and over again. Every day, every day, I never, I never went to work where I just said to myself, 
I'm just going to get through this. No, I had to learn something every day that was going to make me better. And, and I think that's the reason why I kept challenging myself. And, and uh, I, I guess everything else is history, but you know, I just poured my heart into my craft and, uh, and I just enjoyed what I was doing. Joe Montana. Uh, what's a personal weakness you can forgive in someone? Uh, I would say probably confidence because, you know, I didn't have that when I first came here. And, and I remember everything to me I had to adjust to. I had to get acclimated. The big city, coming from a small place like Mississippi, never been on an airplane before, coming here, dealing with the media. So I didn't have the confidence at first, but then I learned how to work on that. I, I, I never had the confidence just to stand up in front of you guys back during my early days when I first came in and just, and just talk. But I, I learned how to do that. And I watched probably the greatest guy ever, Bill Walsh. How Bill Walsh could walk into a room and take over that room. You know, then you sit back, you watch Montana, Dwight Clark, you know, and I have to tell you guys a story about Dwight Clark real fast because Joe and Dwight, they would battle back and forth. Joe thought it should have been the throw. Dwight said it was the catch. <laughs> so they went back and forth and stuff like that. But when Dwight caught that ball against the Dallas Cowboys, that started everything for San Francisco. And I had the opportunity to, to really work with this guy, to watch him run routes, catch the ball. And Dwight was not the fastest guy, but he ran very precise routes. He got separation. And then, you know, that gave Joe an opportunity where he could deliver the football. So I would watch him and, and I would try to emulate certain things that they did. And I think it made me a better football player. Do you have a motto? Today I'll do what others want, so tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. So for those of you uh, that may be wondering, we're, we're recording this for a podcast that I do called Cook on Monday Morning. So if you want to re-listen to it or share it, it'll be on Cook on Monday Morning. Um, we are going to open it up to audience questions. Someone will come to you with a mic. You can just raise your hand. Oh, and uh, before you start, um, a question has a question mark. It should be somewhat brief. It's not a speech. And I'm not afraid to cut you off. Mr. Rice won't, but I will. Okay. Go for it. Hey, Jerry. Uh, it's not really a question. I just wanted to share. <laughs> I want to break the rules here a little bit. Uh, but I just want to let you know, my dad is at UCSF right now fighting for his life. Oh. And I, I want, it's because of him that made me a fan of you. And I remember in the 80s, we would watch together TV, and he always told me, that is going to be the greatest and best football player there ever was. So I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, prayers out to your dad, okay? Thank you for that. You got a little, let's, let's get the, uh, okay. I see you over there. Let me stand up. 
stand up here. Hello, I have the mic. My name is Naji, and I really thank you so very much, Mr. Stefan Cook, for being here. And I remember when he was a tiny tyke in the ninth grade, and I'm still working at Thurgood Marshall, and your picture is going to be posted all over Thurgood Marshall on Monday. Oh, I really fantastic. thank you. And also my granddaughter, who's a little shy, she says she wants to be a football player when she Yeah, go up. for it. How you doing? Good. Okay, so you have to throw me in the football though, okay? Can you throw me in the football? All right, show me. See what show me. I think she could be a quarterback. <laughs> uh, David, we got a we got a kid right here. See, see her right there. Back. What was your favorite year playing with the 49ers? My favorite year. Oh, my favorite player. Favorite year, oh my God, every year was, oh wow. God, there were so many. You know, because it was just not about the records for me. It was about, uh, you know, that SF, you know, wearing that uniform. Uh, you know, being on that football field, representing the San Francisco 49ers, but not only just the Niners, the fans. That was special, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, to go into Candlestick Park and have 60 to 80,000 fans standing, ready to do battle, is just something I'll never forget. But if I have to point to one game, uh, I'm just going to use this as an example. The final drive on uh, Super Bowl uh, 23, with three minutes, 10 seconds left in the game, we were able to move the ball like over 80 yards downfield, win that football game, win that Super Bowl. Think about that. One mistake, guy, ball game is over. We lose that football game. But we had the players that could do that. We had the players that, that was willing um, uh, to sacrifice and, and also practice a certain way. The two-minute drill is something that we practice every Thursday when everybody is tired after practice. That's when you have to focus because every, every little detail is important. And I remember Joe coming into the huddle, and he calls, uh, he's going to call out two plays. Then we break the huddle. We broke the huddle, complete quietness. I did not hear anything. Blocked everything out. And I was able to make some big catches during that drive, and we ended up uh, winning Super Bowl 23. But there are so many games, you know, that was important to me. And, uh, and that, that one, that was uh, my first uh, MVP. Uh, Super Bowl 23 is something I'll never forget. Yeah. Okay. Um, right here. Um, 
with the way things are going on in the world today, I'm right here. Would you take a knee? No, it's not, it's not really a heavy question for me because I have always stood for the flag. I have always done that. And it's like, I remember I had this signature like right before the song ended, I will always do this. And it meant everything to me. I think it's great that, you know, you have athletes that can bring awareness uh, to certain things, but it was just, I always felt I needed to uh, pay respect uh, to the soldiers that have, you know, given their lives and all of that for us to be free. Now, someone else might think someone else. They might think another way. I don't have a problem with that. But it was just something about when I stood and I knew I was ready uh, to play my best football when the anthem, when it was done. So, that's it. Uh, so my name is Richard. Uh, I've, I work for Macy's. I've been at Macy's for 12 years. So thank you all for putting this together and, and being a partner. Uh, two quick questions. So uh, one, uh, you do a lot of charitable work and you give back a lot. So what, what's the driver in that? And, and what do you really love about that and want to accomplish? And then the second one is really easy. How did you first get into football and develop the love for it? You know, I, I give a lot back to charity because you guys inspired me to play my best football. To be in the stands, to be cheering me on, I didn't want to let you guys down. So that's, that's the reason why I do a lot of charity work. The love for football, I remember as a kid, um, around Christmas, I only wanted a football. That was it. My parents would ask me, and they said, do you want anything else? I said, no, just a football. And I would go kick that football around and throw it. I had no idea I, I would play professional football. Think about, think about this, guys, because I didn't start playing football till my sophomore year in high school. I didn't play pop one or anything. And, and I sort of fell into football because I was playing hooky one day. And the principal noticed I could run really fast. <laughs> so the principal wanted me to go out uh, for the football team. So I went out for the football team. And I was not, I was not the, the most gifted athlete, but I just felt like if I worked at it, Maybe I, I could become a starter, and I became a starter. So I just continued to work. But yeah, for Christmas, that's all I wanted. It was just a football. So I, I guess I was destined to play professional football. I just didn't know it. And you know, to be able to entertain all you guys is just something I'll never forget. Okay, I, I have time for two more questions. This is one. My name is Jesse, and I play hockey. I enjoy. Skating fast on the ice. I. Well, Jesse, I, I, there's no way I can uh, skate on the ice, man. You got me beat already. Now, are you trying? Are you trying to call me out? Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Jesse. I'm just joking. I'm the only black kid on, that plays on my team, and I'm asking for advice. Well, you're the only uh, African American. Well. You know, when I first came into the league, we had other African-Americans, but my thing is that you have to have confidence in yourself and you have to work hard. And I wanted to uh, gain the confidence of a Montana. 
of a Dwight Clark. So I felt like I had to earn that. So I think as long as you continue to work hard, uh, you know, the team is gonna, you know, they're gonna back you 100%. Do you love what you, what you do? Do you love the game of hockey? Mm -hmm. Okay, just pour your heart into it and uh, everybody else is gonna follow you. If you get 100%, they're gonna get 100%, right? All right, great job. Right. Yeah. Pressure. Uh -oh. Last question. Oh, yes. Good afternoon. How you doing? I'm great now. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> so um, earlier you spoke about St. Jude. I'm a mom of two young adults that live well with sickle cell. So thank you for um, your charitable work. But could you educate the audience about the work at St. Jude? Well. I don't know about all the work at St. Jude. All I know is that we're gonna raise probably about $500,000. And, and that's, that's a great, great, uh, you know, something that I can uh, look up and, and I can really uh, try to learn about. But I got this opportunity to do something really special and it was no way, I hear about all the great work with St. Jude, but I got the opportunity, got the call, and I said, there's no way I'm gonna pass this up. You know, because if I can run 40 yards and we could raise $500,000, think about uh, that going towards research and all that. So I'm glad to be a part of that, okay. Let's give our guest of honor a round of applause. Jerry, Jerry. Thank you guys Jerry, so much, guys. Jerry, Jerry. You know what, guy? Hey, wh when I hear that, that just, it fires me up. It makes me really want to put that uniform on again. That's just like, no, no, hey, that's just like, okay, okay, at Levi's Stadium, I was doing an interview and I decided to sprint 100 yards. And the crowd just went crazy. It brought back so many memories for me. And, and that's just something I'll never forget, guys. Thank you guys for inspiring me to be the best football player that I could possibly be. I would never say I'm the greatest of all time. If you guys say that, it's fine. I appreciate it. <laughs>